Good morning. Welcome to Driving Theology. I am Mike, and I will be your host today. Just now pulling out of my house, driveway, parking area, whatever, slash wilderness. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm on my way to my job. things while I'm going and you're gonna listen <laughs> well you might listen if you already tuned in then I guess you are but uh, so yeah this is just what I do on Wednesdays this is my uh, Wednesday plan is to drive and to talk to you guys about uh, life and things theological and to do it off the cuff as much as possible now I've been doing this I guess I'm just about to come I may have hit my three-year anniversary actually um, <coughs> and over a hundred episodes <coughs> maybe close to 110 uh, you can tell I still have whatever this hacking congestion I've had for several months still kind of hanging on but uh, yeah much people are much worse <laughs> more people in a worse condition than I am. I'm not very eloquent this morning. Uh, it's been kind of a tough morning. Well, let's say a tough several weeks. My uh, father-in-law's condition is deteriorating. His, according to the neurologist, his brain is shrinking. Uh, and so he's losing the ability to do things that most of us would consider uh, things that we do on autopilot, he has trouble doing. Uh, sim simply walking has become very difficult for him. Uh, controlling certain bodily, bodily functions, which, which happens to the elderly, you know. Uh, and then his memory <clears throat> as well. Uh, remembering, you know, conversations we had just even a minute later sometimes, literally 60 seconds. hasn't happened, which is surprising, is he hasn't forgotten who I am, um, his American son-in-law, he's Japanese, uh, and he doesn't generally forget his daughter, my wife, uh, but pretty much everybody else is on the table, his grandkids, and yeah, he sometimes he remembers the person, but forgets, uh, what relation they are to him, or, you know, things like that, or, yeah, and then his hearing also is going, and so all of that together makes for a really stressful morning sometimes, so we, we have, uh, finally got him into this, uh, they call it a, a daycare service, I guess, where they come and pick him up, and then take him, and they give him a bath, and, and you know, feed him a meal or two, and he has a good time. Uh, with other elderly people where he's really pampered and and taken good care of for several hours each day. We finally got into that program and that's taken some stress off of us. But, you know, that adds its own, you know, some stress of its own as well that we have to get used to, like getting him out the door for that, getting him dressed and fed. And, you know, it's, it's sort of like having a, a, a I guess, a two-year-old. 
sending a two-year-old off to school, right? Of course, the two-year-old's not going to remember anything he needs, and he's going to want to take all kinds of stuff he doesn't need and can't take. <laughs> Won't be able to really get his pants on the right direction, <laughs> and, uh, you know, still needs diapers, and, and uh, doesn't really know what's going on, can't really comprehend the process that he's involved in. That, that's kind of where uh, Tomoko's dad is right now. It's <clears throat> it's sad all the way around, you know, for a once uh, thriving, active, proud, uh, intelligent man to be suddenly none of those things. Um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I'm just being a whiny baby, I guess, by complaining about it, but... That's just where our family is now. Our daughters are now almost entirely out of the house. We see our one daughter on weekends, but but now we have uh, a two-year-old dog and a 81-year-old toddler. I know I've talked to you guys about that before, but it seems to be getting worse and worse every week, and and uh, I'm still not dealing with this process uh, in as an adult manner as I think I should. Um, but yeah, getting old sucks. You know, there's cancer sucks shirts out there, and, and uh, I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, there are a lot of things sucky about this life that we have inherited that we didn't ask for, and yet it's landed squarely in our lap. You know, we, we have this life, we didn't ask to be born. And yet we, we, we are asked to make something of it uh, and endure everything that it throws at us. Uh, and it, it can be overwhelming at times. Uh, I've probably never thought about my own mortality as much as I have in these last three or four weeks. You know, uh, how am I going to go? Let me slow like this, or will it be fast, you know, how would I prefer to go, I, I think it's kind of probably silly for us to have the conversation, how, how do I prefer to go, but, um, I know, I'm sure there are a lot of us that would like it to be on our own terms, you know, uh, for us to be able to do it in, in a way, in whatever way that we want to do it. Um, but of course a lot of people call that suicide um, <laughs> so yeah I don't know it's uh, it's just something that uh, you hope will go smoothly but the, the, the faith that we have in Jesus hopefully is enough to sustain us even if it doesn't and chances are it dignified uh, or um, positive about being that old and, and losing uh, all of your uh, faculties 
don't see the beauty in it. <clears throat> um, and I don't think I don't think God does either. I, I don't think that when He created the world through Jesus, that they they planned on life being like this. Um, after all, who creates relationships with the end game to lose them? Uh, I, I don't think that the creator of the, of the universe does. Uh, and uh, I don't think we do either. I think we, when we tend to initiate a relationship with someone, we, we kind of see it as going forward. Uh, and at least healthy relationships do. Um, there are all kinds of things that make a relationship unhealthy to where their you know, ties are later severed, I suppose. Um, but generally we, you know, relationships are something that we, <clears throat> we hold dear. You know, they're one of the things in this life that makes sense. Connecting with people, loving and being loved by them. That's something I think we all agree makes a lot of sense, right? That, that feels completely human to do that. Um, in fact, we may feel our most uh, at home when we're in a good relationship. <clears throat> and hopefully a, 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 uh, you know, a handful of great relationships, if not many more. That's when you see true human synergy uh, and collaboration uh, really, um, really come to fruition, right? Uh, when, when relationships are great, we do all kinds of great things together. We move in the same direction. We don't pull it against each other. <clears throat> um, But it's difficult to it's difficult to sustain a relationship with someone who is losing uh, all of their somewhat humanness. I guess I should say um, it's quite difficult in that. And yes, you can say that aging is 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 everybody as human as being young. Uh, and I'd say historically, you're right. I just don't think uh, by design that's true. <coughs> Um, yeah, I don't think aging was ever something uh, that was part of the original plan. Now, of course, you know, at my age, I'm going to turn 50 next month. Uh, at my age, I, I think aging's really great up to this point. I, I actually enjoy the process. Uh, for the most part, I, and most of it's mental, right? I, I feel like that even though my body has turned the other other direction, uh, mentally, I feel like I'm as sharp as I've ever been. <clears throat> now, energy levels, you know, they kind of come up and down, go up and down with the uh, um, mood and you know physical fitness. Uh, but really, you know, mentally, I think I'm probably as sharp as I've ever been. And I think that 
is attributed to having lived a certain number of years as well as uh, the kinds of people that you surround yourself with, uh, the, the things that you fill your mind with. Um, and you know, that's, that's not all good. I'm not claiming that uh, the only thing I fill my mind with is uh, theology, for, for example. Um, in fact, I'm kind of into this uh, hunting show on uh, Netflix um, called Meat Eater. And uh, I, I mostly like the outdoor aspect of it, but even though I haven't hunted much, mostly because I've been in Japan so long, and hunting here is very difficult to come by, um, I kind of consider myself in some ways a hunter. Like, I'm sure if I lived in the States, I would probably be an avid hunter. Um, that's something that appeals to me. The outdoors, the hiking through the wilderness, the, uh, you know, the, the being able to see beautiful animals, and of course eating meat—you know—that all <laughs> that all appeals to me. Um, <clears throat> but here in Japan, I'm not allowed. You know, there's just not there's not a reasonable path toward becoming a hunter here uh, that I'm willing to to undertake. Um, Really, just be too much to have to to have to go through too many hoops to have to jump through to get it, and expensive at that. Um, but yeah, uh, so you know, I I do tend to veg on certain things. You know, there I have my uh, guilty pleasures, as as they say. Um, another one is Brooklyn Nine Nine, which is. An absolutely crazy show, uh, but I also try, uh, at least, to to think, to contemplate uh, th uh, theologically, and and to read books on theology, uh, and uh, yeah, that, that's also a pretty big part of my life. <clears throat> Although, along with my friend Pat, I've kind of been on a hiatus uh, from reading for a while. I feel like I've... Last year I read a 1,500-page book. Pretty much took all year. Uh, well, it wasn't quite 1,500, I guess. I didn't read all of the uh, indices and all that stuff. But, but yeah, um, which was a great book, and... Crucifixion of the Warrior God that I've talked about before. But anyway, back to my original, you know, thought. You know, our family's kind of dealing with uh, having an octogenarian in our house and and how to live with that, and it's, it's just difficult right now. It's just not fun. Um, there's a lot of mess involved in the process. And yeah, so we're learning to navigate through that, so... Uh, you know, if if you feel the need to uh, send a prayer up for us, then we would be very grateful for that. I know there are a lot of people out there in much worse situations than we are, um, and uh, I'm sure they they would cover your prayers as well. So. Um, <clears throat>
Yeah, so if God's original plan for us isn't, uh, isn't death, isn't deterioration, you know, atrophy, and death, then what is it? And whatever it is, whatever we decide God's plan for us is right now, or, or his original plan was for us, we have to, I think, consider the, the fact that his original plan became corrupted through the introduction of sin, and then sin brought on death, but that Jesus came to reverse that process, to fix that process, to, to redeem uh, whatever was lost that sin took, uh, and to, yeah, to reverse the aging process, if you will, uh, and that he has done that, that that is finished, um, and that in some sense, we now are fully restored back to him, and have, and Jesus has won back all that we had lost, that sin had stolen from us, or has stolen from us. And so that's the state we now live in. Right? Because Jesus died once for all. Right? Once for all. Um, so if that's the case, how come I don't perceive that as much? If that's what happened... And, and I believe on, on some level that is true, then why don't I perceive that? Is there something wrong with me that I can't perceive reality and that all I can see and all that I see because it doesn't resemble that uh, restored world is all that I see a lie or an illusion fake okay um, yeah, I'm gonna pause just a second <clears throat> soak up a little coffee if you've seen the movie The Matrix <clears throat> Uh, especially the original one, but I guess they all have the same kind of feel, feeling in it. The world of the Matrix is a um, an illusion. People have a physical body, right? They have a physical body, and it lives in a real world, and yet it has been co-opted, um, hijacked if you will. The body and the mind have been hijacked. And in place of the real world, a virtual world has been inserted into our minds, and that is the world in which we experience our lives. <clears throat> That's what the matrix is. And so what we think is reality is actually virtual reality, and yet our minds can't perceive it, right? Uh, because these signals, this reality, is streamed directly into our brains. Uh, and so, 
there are clues in this virtual world that that things are not quite right and there are certain people that pick up on that there are certain people that have for whatever reason an ability to see the flaws in the matrix and thereby expose this virtual world this fake world for what it is uh, and yet they have to escape from the matrix in order to see it right in order to see it completely in order to understand what it is right and so <clears throat> Uh, what has created this fake world in the Matrix, in the movie The Matrix, is artificial intelligence, uh, robots, uh, a world of robots who uh, became independently intelligent and developed the abilities to create and manipulate and plan and think and scheme. And so what they do is they create this virtual reality world, they uh, enslave all of these human bodies, they entrap them in this virtual reality world, and then use their bodies as a fuel source, right? The human body creates heat, right? And so they feed the bodies, they get the heat from the bodies, and then the bodies are a fuel source to perpetuate this 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 robot machine world, not unlike uh, you know Terminator and some other dystopian movies. So the the some scientists I don't know how how legit their science is, but some scientists has have come up with the uh, hypothesis that we live in a simulated reality. In other words, the world we live in is the matrix. We live in a simulation of reality. What is going on with us here is not real. Um, that somehow we have been hoodwinked or manipulated or um, whatever, tricked into thinking that this world is reality when actually there's another reality, another world that is the reality. Uh, and the world that we see today, the world that we live in, is a possibly a simulation. Okay? Simulated reality. I mean, think about that possibility for just a bit. I mean, it's, it's pretty far-fetched. And yet, in a sense... In a sense, I can I can agree with at least part of the premise that if Jesus did come back and do what we all what what those who believe in him believe that he did, if he actually defeated sin and death, <coughs> and yet. Uh, you know, I can I can open my eyes now and see the, you know, the I can see sin and death at work. I can see old people uh, out in the field getting slower and slower, trying to do their job, and and uh, you know, people yelling at each other or stealing from each other or 
you know, there are all kinds of evidence that sin exists in the world, and death, I've witnessed that firsthand. Uh, I know people die. Um, I know their bodies go cold, and they don't, we don't see them anymore, right? So if Jesus defeated sin and death, and yet I still see it, in what way can I live in that reality, right? How, how can I, how can I, how can both be true? How can sin and death still exist? And yet I believe that Jesus defeated sin and death. Well, one way, uh, one way to, do, to, to wrap those up, I guess I should say, or something like that, um, <clears throat> or one, one way to resolve that issue is to is to think that well the what we're seeing as sin and death is is more of shadows and residual reality and yet the actual reality of Jesus is the truth and so we are living in somewhat of a a virtual world in which even though Jesus has defeated sin and death our minds are unable to part with those ideas uh, and therefore, we, even though he's made the world perfect again and redeemed it, we are unable to see it uh, because our minds just can't handle it. And so we see the world that we believe possible. And we are invisible to the world that we believe is impossible. Um, <clears throat> kind of interesting, right? I mean, I, something's going on. I don't know what it is. Um, I can't see how this world can be a virtual reality. I, I think it's got to be real. Um, there's too many variables. You know, I can just pull my wheel that way and I go that way, pull my wheel that way and I go that way. And, you know, I had the choice to do that. I'm, I'm free to choose. So if this world is some some kind of simulation, maybe some kind of purgatory, if you will, uh, a halfway world in which we work out our uh, our corruption, we, we work out work it out of ourselves, and then uh, somehow finally we are accepted into the true reality of Jesus. Um, I've heard that said too. You know uh, that it's difficult to explain all of the technology that has burst upon the earth uh, in the last 200 years. <clears throat> that there must be something behind or beyond um, what we perceive as reality going on. I don't know. But I do think if, if, if we have our complete faith in Jesus, uh, I don't think it would be a, such a mystery. You know, I, 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 one, one, of, one of my working beliefs about Jesus, one of the things that I believe is that, number one, he wants to be known. He wants us to know him and understand him for who he really is and that one of the things he's doing in the world uh, 
one of the ways that he works with sin and death and corruption is that he uses it as as a tool in which he can reveal himself right he can reveal himself in pain and in suffering and in sorrow and in loss and in loneliness and in sickness and in aging right uh, that that he uses those things uh, for our benefit so that we can we can use them as a, as a as something to see past right uh, or or we use those as something that helps us desire to want and need more you know um, for example if I'm suffering I desire not to suffer and so I desire a world where where suffering is uh, is extinct, if you will. And in so doing, hopefully I will be motivated to help alleviate the suffering of others, to, to create that world in whatever little way I can for others. Um, if I desire to be released from my suffering, why would I not help release others from their suffering? Right? And, and, you know, we're back to the golden rule and, and the, the law of love, right? Love one another. And so even though we suffer and we long for a world, a perfect world where there is no suffering, we also long to alleviate the suffering of those around us in any way we can. You know, how, how do we wipe people's tears away? How do we bring a smile to someone? How do we feed the hungry or clothe the naked or free the oppressed? Um, befriend the lonely. Right? All of these things are acts of bringing about the reality that we desire to come true. of the suffering that still exists in the world, but I do believe that he uh, rolls up his sleeves and gets his hands dirty and uses those things to bring about the alleviation of our suffering and others. Nobody likes to suffer. And I hope we don't enjoy seeing the suffering of others, no matter who they are. <clears throat> it's difficult to watch somebody suffer. <clears throat> Oftentimes you feel completely helpless, right? You, you, you feel like you are completely no help in taking away the suffering of one of your loved ones. And yet your presence and your desire to do so has an effect, right? It, it, has, it has positive consequences. <clears throat> because at the very least, it means that when you know you can help somebody, you will. 
and that when you can't help somebody, at least you're trying, right? That that's where your heart is. Your heart is aimed toward the suffering. And we know that we have uh, a God in Jesus who suffered greatly. He suffered greatly, and yet he went into that suffering willingly, knowing what he was to have to endure in order to help alleviate some of our suffering, to bring hope to us. And that even though Jesus endured the worst kind of suffering, he is promised to bring meaning to our suffering as well. <clears throat> and that in the end, he would alleviate all suffering. sin and death, do I know why we still see sin and death in the world? I don't. In the virtual reality uh, is, I think, more than likely what's happening is, is though Jesus has done it, the war has been decided that there are still battles raging uh, in, in realms that we cannot see. that makes us a virtual reality or something I, I don't know what to say to you I guess that's possible doesn't mean there can't be two realities this one and another one um, but there there are battles being raged between the God of love uh, and and the army of, of sin if you want to say that uh, in which there are sometimes casualties and I'll, I'll you know go back to this and I, I think the reason there are always casualties is that God's weapon is word is the word God's only weapon is the word he he speaks truth and he doesn't uh, exercise his sovereignty over free will and that he allows he allows people and non-people, right? Be they angelic beings or whatever you want to call them. He allows all of his created beings to decide not to obey his word. And that when they don't, he goes to plan B. When that doesn't work, plan C. And plan, you know, he may be on plan, you know, double M for all I know. I, I have no idea how many plans he has, but I don't think he will ever exhaust uh, his patience. I think he will always try to convince with his, with his word of truth his creation to do the right thing. And they're allowed to say no, and he'll try again. I have a suspicion that those battles are raging as we speak. <laughs>
types. And uh, yeah, I, I, uh, that's that's my suspicion. I don't really buy into the virtual reality kind of a kind of a thing. Um, but I do see the possibility that there are things going on in realms unseen. Uh, hidden from our eyes. Um, in which sometimes we are casualties. Right? Casualties of, of the war of love versus fear and hate. Right? So, yeah. I, man, I've kind of gone off the rails, I feel like, on this one. I don't know. Uh, if I made much sense, but I am at my destination, and I'm going to have to cut it off. Um, so, <clears throat> you guys have a great day, and I do pray that you will find an end to your suffering. Um, I wish that for everyone. Realized that I may have been blowing some air into my phone. I think I had it on the wrong setting. Um, yeah. Meaning and suffering. Uh, I think we can believe that. Uh, regardless of, of what kind of reality we are in. Um, so you guys, uh, we'll talk to you later. Have a wonderful week.